0: Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Today, I'm going to be sharing something that's actually in the Bible three times. So when I was at Bible college, there was a rule of double mention. If something's mentioned twice in the Bible, you pay attention because you really need to lock down because if God's saying this twice, he really wants you to get your head around it. So when you get to something which is what I call triple locked, man, you've really got to embrace what he's saying. It means there is zero (laughs) leeway on this. There's no negotiating, there's no getting around it. This is how this works with God. Today, we're gonna be looking at the same thing three separate times. The first reference is in Proverbs 3, verse 34. As for scoffers, he scoffs at them, but to the humble he grants favour. I want to hone in on the Hebrew word for scoffer here, which is lutz. Lutz is Hebrew and it literally means to make mouths. So it's like making mouths. So you could be an interpreter from this word. So you could come with a foreign language and people are trying to interpret it. They're trying to copy your mouth movement. They're trying to copy your words. They're trying to copy your way. Or you could be an ambassador for a different culture with this Hebrew word. That's what you could be. So the idea of an interpreter speaking another language and connecting with that, the idea of being an ambassador from a completely different type of people group, representing a different culture, bringing a different culture is what this word is, but it's in a negative sense. So it's not being used in a a sense of just translating from one language to another. It's not being used in a sense of just like an ambassador of another kingdom. It's being used in a sense of someone who scoffs and mimics it as an idea. Have you ever had a moment where you've shared with something, something that's deep inside you, something you've cared about, something you've loved, something you've been passionate about, and then the person scoffs at it. They pull those mouths. Man, I had those moments. I remember one time at a church, there was this uh, leader that was really close to me and he'd invested a lot of time in me. I remember telling him something that I believe that God had called me to do and I'll never forget, he just looked at me and laughed and said, no, not you. That was it. And that was like, that was like one of my heroes. And he just looked at me, laughed, no, not you. I was a kid. Man, that crushed me. It crushed me. He, he, he scoffed at it. He scoffed at. Something that I wasn't just sharing as an idea, it was actually what I believe God had called me to do. <laughs> so that really, 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 really hurt. It says, As for scoffers, he scoffs at them. But I want us to flip ahead in the book of James, verse 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then 1 Peter 5 5, we're going to come to it again in a little while. God opposes the proud. But gives grace to the humble three times. So, in this original sense, the wording used is a little bit different. The New Testament writers, both Peter and James, when they write their epistles, they frame it under pride. In the original verse in Proverbs, it's framed under scoffing. But without seeing the original language, you and I can kind of miss what it's doing and why it's such a big deal, and why pride is so evil, why pride. It's just against absolutely everything. I want to read a quote from you from Andrew Murray. If you got the email this week, there was a book recommendation. I'm probably going to send it out again because I found out now that on, on the Apple bookstore, you can get this book for free. So make sure you grab it because it's literally the best book I've ever read outside the Bible. This is one of the first, like, I think this is the third paragraph. The life God gives is not all at once, but moment by moment. Through the unceasing operation of his mighty power. Humility, the place of entire dependence on God, is the first duty of the creature and the root of every good quality. Likewise, pride or the loss of this humility is the root of every sin and evil. It is when the serpent breathed the poison of his pride, the desire to be as God, into the hearts of Adam and Eve that they fell. Nothing's changed since. It's the same, same thing. Humility being the root of every good thing, pride being the root of every bad thing. I made reference to it last week. I make reference to it again today. When we look at like the, the, the financial situation across our, across our world, the fact that eight people can meet in one golf buggy and have over 50% of the world's wealth, like pride leads to that. And, and, and you could say like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when those people go to sleep at night knowing people die purely because they don't have money, and, and, and purely that over 10,000 people um, in some of the poorer parts of Africa and Eastern Europe would die of starvation in a day. And you can go to sleep at night and not care one bit about it. That tells you where pride leads you. That's where it leads you. It leads to this idolatrous state. As for scoffers, he scoffs at them, but to the humble he grants favor. Or as we looked at in the New Testament, God is opposed to the proud, but the humble he gives his grace to. I don't know about you, but have you ever had moments where you felt like God is almost opposed to you? The first thing I want to frame that with is I want to let you know this morning that God is 100% for you, 100%. He is in no way against you, but he does at times oppose you. Because sometimes being opposed by God is exactly what you need to thrive in life. Sometimes the things that you and I want most for us isn't the thing that's best for us. I've felt many, many times like God is against me, but I know what God's against. God isn't against Andy, the core of who I am, who he wants me to be, but he is opposed to my pride. He is opposed to my intention of pushing me first. He is opposed to the idea that I matter most in my family. He is against the idea in the times in my life where I haven't put Jody first. He is against the idea where I've seen my kids as being in the way of what I want to do rather than them being the thing that I want. James 4 says this, What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet, you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God do you not suppose that it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us but gives us more grace therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to God he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double minded be wretched mourn and weep Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Wow, what a difference. I've grown up my whole life talking about looking after myself. I've grown up my whole life hearing people talking about, listen, if you don't push yourself, no one else will. No one else will exalt you. You can't wait for someone else to see something in you and elevate you. You can't see for it. You've got to make things happen for yourself. That's what I've always seen in society around me. That's always the message I've seen. But here in this passage... It's such a crazy, crazy passage. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord. He will exalt you. He will lift you up. I'd always thought that I needed to lift me up. I need, I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps. That's the thing that people used to say. People would talk about self-made people. I don't believe in self-made people. I don't believe in it. No one is self-made. Everyone needs someone. And even if you, look at, even if you were to respect the world's richest people, they'd build networks. Others seek employment, but the richest seek networks. They're not self-made. None of them are. They're not self-made. It's the network that they build. And and God calls us to be a people, a network, a group that comes together, that has a different mindset. It doesn't seek to elevate myself, doesn't seek to elevate yourself, but seeks to have a different way to humble ourselves before the Lord and he will exalt us. What happens if I make someone else it's easy when you look at a family unit. Like for Silas, like no parent looks at their kid and thinks like, I want to propel myself ahead of my kid. Like I haven't met a parent who does that. Maybe you know a parent that does that. That is like, what parent goes like, oh, bun you, get out of the way. Boom, knocks their kid out of the way to be front of the line for something. No, no one does that. No one snatches the Happy Meal from the tile going, I've always wanted this one. You know what I mean? No one, no one does that. You go, <laughs> Trina's not sure. I've stolen I've stolen a few Happy Meal toys in my time that, that my son wanted. No one does that. You don't. What you do is you go, I, I, I will break my back. I will push everything I have to help my child get a, just a slightly little bit higher. Just to give them a better position than the one I started on. I look at my own parents and I think of the sacrifices they made to no avail. No, I'm joking. But the sacrifices they made time and time again growing up where they could have easily been chasing the things that they wanted, but they were always just trying to, even now, at the age I'm at, like, oh, dad, I'm screwed, dad. I can't pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And my mum and dad are there. My mum and dad will help me. Or even now, like, dad, I need someone to look after Silas. Silas will kill my dad. My dad's like 83. He can't be running around with that, little one he's non-stop he is designed to break any human being like Thanos wouldn't want to look after him I'm telling you mate Infinity Gauntlet or not that guy's winning Thanos is losing he's hard hard work but I say that to my dad and my mum and they'll drop it at a drop of a hat and they'll be there because just like they did for me they want the best for their grandkids Now God says to you and I that he wants us to start seeing the other people that we see around us are all part of the family, that they're made in his image and he wants us to not have an opportunity in our heart where we're just chasing and propel ourselves forward and push everyone else out of the way for any odd reason. But he's saying, I just want you to humble yourself before me. I will exalt you. I will lift you up. Don't worry about positioning yourself in this way. Create room for yourself to be promoted by creating room for other people. That actually we have this fear, FOMO, of missing out on opportunities, missing out on things. But God is saying, you don't have to worry about that. Leave that in my hands and I will lift you up. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. I love it, man. Whenever I hear people quote this verse, it's always just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And that's not what the Bible says. And I just want to let you know the cows will come home before that ever happens in your life if you don't submit yourself to God. You can resist the devil all day long. He ain't moving one inch. He ain't moving nowhere. He's never moving away. But when you submit yourselves to God, you resist. He flees. He flees. It's not even like he moves away slowly. He doesn't order an Uber. He's not waiting for the bus or the train to pull in. He is gone. He is dusting. He is moving at high speed velocity because you've submitted yourself unto God. When we look at Jesus, when he comes into this world, he comes as the form of God, but he doesn't consider it something to cling on, to keep hold of, but he empties himself, and when he does that, God gives him the name which is above every single name. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And then in 1 Peter 5, for the triple look, we're looking at the last passage now. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 clothe yourselves all of you not some all of you with humility toward one another for god opposes the proud but the humble he gives his grace humble yourselves therefore that the mighty hand of god under the mighty hand of god so at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you be sober minded be careful he cares for you. Be so reminded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring liar, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, God, the, gra- the, grace of, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus himself, restore Confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever and ever. In both passages where this verse is mentioned, there is two separate kingdoms. There is adversity and there is opposition. Now, when the first verse appears in Proverbs, you have this word "lutes" that I mentioned, and you have that it's to to mimic, it's to to mouth, it's to scoff at. But actually, what it's kind of really suggesting is that you have someone who's representing and being an ambassador of a different way of life. And the way they're being an ambassador for is for a way of life that is me-centric. They're being an ambassador for a way of life that is just proud. Everything is about me and orientates around me. And it says that God scoffs at them. But the one that God gives grace to is the one that is the ambassador of his kingdom. The ambassador of his kingdom is someone who is humble, It is someone who lays it down. It's someone who creates space for others to thrive. I was listening to John Maxwell recently, who's probably one of the best people you can listen to when it comes to leadership. And he says that the real sign of a leader is actually others being released to follow in that same footsteps, to follow into other capacities, similar to the the longevity, the legacy of the mission and what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying trying to do. So I guess when you look at Jesus and you look at Jesus as a leader you see that he, he takes this exact principle that though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality of God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, became in the likeness of men, and then he was gonna represent humility as an ambassador for God's kingdom, even to the point of death, and even death on a cross, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He was gonna embody humility to the point where he would willingly die, and not only willingly die, but be tortured and not only tortured, but that he would die on a cross in the most barbaric way. And he would do that because there was never gonna be a moment where he was gonna be an ambassador for a different kingdom. There was never gonna be in a moment where he was gonna be an ambassador for putting himself first. He was gonna live an entire life where he would demonstrate to you, where he would demonstrate to me what it looks like to lay himself down. And then it says in both of these passages the same idea. Because he laid himself down, he got given the name above every single name. And God says in these verses that when you lay yourself down, God starts to lift you up and he starts to exalt you. I don't know about you, but when it comes to the summary of my life, there's gonna come one point when all of this ends, when all of this comes together at the end. And it isn't gonna matter how rich you were, It isn't gonna matter how famous you were. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on social media. If that sky cuts open and Jesus comes back, there is a new way of living. And all of those things that we spend our life chasing after that are actually meaningless are gonna mean absolutely diddly squat. But those of us who have spent a lifetime going, you know what, I'm not just gonna build a life that's completely about me. I'm not gonna build a life that solves only my issues. I'm gonna build a life that solves the issues of people around me in my community. I'm going to build a life where, you know what, if I am successful, if I am rich, I'm going to take ownership of some people who I know wouldn't make it if they didn't have someone stepping on their behalf because I know I didn't make it until Jesus stepped in on my behalf because I know that there is no way I'm earning any of God's presence. I know I'm never earning any of his favor until I humble myself and I say, God, you know what, I've got things wrong. God, I've made this about me. This was never meant to be about me. God, I'm just going to bow the knee because you bowed the knee. You see, and that's what I love about taking a knee in football right about now. Oh, I love it so much. In my school, the kids, when they go to play this game, the year fives, I was out with them to play football. And, and just this kid goes to me like, oh, Mr. Great. I was looking around Why all these kids are on their knees. I'm like, we're about to play football. And then I realized, oh, because they watch all the Premier League players taking a knee. They watch them all bow a knee in humility for a cause that's greater than any one of them. And so before they play football at lunchtime, we have to bow a knee. Like The, the game doesn't kick off, which you'd think is surprising because their play time's pretty short. They're all on their knee, taking a knee. I love it because actually, you know what? Jesus took a knee for every single one of us that we could all experience freedom. He bowed the lowest and it's why he has the greatest name. I want to encourage each and every single one of you to have an attitude of bowing this week that God can be all and that we can be a part of the same idea of change in our society where humility can be king. I'm going to pray for us and that'll be it for this Sunday. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you don't offer us the same way as everyone else. I thank you, God, that actually there is something more than chasing after just vain pursuits. Like, even when we hear from people that have have got fame, like Russell Brand, who said that it's like ashes in his mouth, or Jim Carrey, one of the most famous comedians in the world, how he came to a place of saying, I wish everyone could be a millionaire so they knew it wasn't the answer. I'm thankful, God, that actually regardless of having zero fame, and not having that kind of money, I found the answer long before any of those things. I thank you, God, that there is wholeness in you. I thank you that there is healing in you. I thank you there is grace and goodness found in you. Father, I thank you that you encourage us not to live a life where we put ourselves first, but a life where we put others and you first. And actually, ironically, as we do that, we really truly find ourselves, and we find something worth so much more than we ever dreamed or imagined possible. I pray this week, Lord, that you would help each one of us to make sure that our mouths aren't scoffing or mimicking or translating or being an ambassador for a different kingdom, but that our mouths would be an ambassador for your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So that is week one. I want to encourage you guys. I want to commission you all. You're all ambassadors this week, every single one of us. It's just deciding what ambassador you're going to be. Are you going to be an ambassador for a kingdom where it's all about you? Or are you going to be an ambassador for a kingdom where you mimic a God who showed us his humility and calls us to join him in that? Amen. Have a great week. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We We are the light. We are. are